Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. Today, I've got Long Doan. Long is the founder of Realty Group. It's one of the fastest growing uh, brokerages in the country. It's actually number 12, as well as number one in Minnesota. Long, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we're going to talk all about building a business. So, but, but before we get going, let's, let, I want to hear your story. How did you get started in the real estate world? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go back, you know, but my personal story is I'm originally from Vietnam. I came to America uh, as a boat person back in the 80s. Some of you guys may remember watching histories and learning about it. When I was 13 years old, I have a 50-50 survival rate. So I'm a flip of a coin sitting here talking to you today, Daniel. Uh, Because of that, I'm really passionate about uh, paying back and giving it forward. So my first 15 years, I was on the mortgage side. My last uh, 14 is in real estate. I started Realty Group in 2009. And uh, I call it RG 2. Uh, 1.0, Realty Group 1.0. 2014 is when we decided to go to brokerage. That's when my business partner, Mike Bordier, and I became partners. And that was uh, the birth of RG 2.0. And uh, we had eight agents at the time. Today, we're over 550 real estate professionals and growing. And, wow. uh, you know, it's, uh, we're still not done yet. That's amazing. Okay, so out of 86,000 brokerages nationally, you guys are number 12 and that's a big deal. Um, what do you, I mean, we're going to talk about strategies and how your business is set up and, but what, what exactly do you attribute to that success? Why do you believe that you've had such an amazing growth trajectory over the last couple of years? Yeah. Uh, before we go into the top three, four things that, uh, you know, I want to share about how to grow a business. I think it's really important that what we do, Daniel, is that for what you and I do and most real estate professionals out there, we're in the people business, right? So yep. at the end of the day, uh, whoever you are as a person, when you don't show up to work and you turn the switch and you turn into a professional mode, you mean you are who you are when you show up to work in our line of work. Because of that, I think the, the, the missing thing that people forget before they jump into what we want to talk about, how to build a business, is how to personally understand who you are and your why, you know, because... If you don't know why you want to do what you want to do, what's your passion, what's your conviction? Why do we do the thing we do? Because you know, man, every day we face so many challenges and any of them could take us down, discourage us, kill our career, right? How do we yep. get past that? And it always come back to your why. So I encourage everybody listening here is yes, we're going to share a lot of strategies and tips how to grow a business. But at the end of the day, you got to start with, your why, who you are, why you are the way you are, that will then lead you with the conviction and the passion to move forward and build a successful business. So what's your why, Long, when you decided to do Realty Group 2.0 and really build a brokerage, what drove you to that decision? Yeah, they say that most of the time, we may not realize it, but our why and, 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 who we are is defined usually between the age of eight and 15. Okay. Right. And it's either a period of your life or an instance that, that you went through and you probably don't realize it, but when you figure that out, you're supposed to get very emotional, usually cry about because like it hit the spot. So for Mm -hmm. me, um, you know, after three tries, 
uh, and a 50-50 survival rate. I made it through uh, the refugee camp uh, in Malaysia. That's where I ended up. So my first night, I was sitting on the beach. By the way, my refugee camp and Wikipedia page was nicknamed Hell Island. It was considered to be the most heavily populated place on earth at that time. I was one of 40,000 people in the size of a football field, okay? So my first night there, I was alone, 13 years old, and it suddenly it hit me. And that night I found a little spot on the beach. It was very crowded, but people were sleeping. So I found a spot on the beach that's kind of a little private and quiet. And I remember, Daniel, that's the first time I cried all night, like emotionally cried. When I was 13, I probably got hurt when I was younger. I cried because something happened, right? But never like that. It was that moment I didn't realize until it was in my 30s. That's what defined who I am and why I do the thing I do. That was my why is on that night. I finally questioned that time myself. Am I lucky or am I unlucky? Right? Mm. Am I unlucky because everybody I knew in the other side of that ocean, I don't know anymore. My friends, my family, I'll probably never see them again. And it was known and told to me that if I made it, 50-50 survival rate, if I did make it and I'm lucky enough, my job is to figure out a way to take care of myself and my family back then. And that's a lot of pressure on a 13-year-old boy, right? Um, and or am I lucky that I freaking made it, you know, and, and everybody else is back there is going to have to live that life that I didn't have to live anymore. So I struggled with that all night, crying about it, thinking, am I lucky, am I unlucky? And I remember the sun was starting to come up and it was like, you have to make a decision, right? It's one of those, like, this is it. You got to make a decision. I remember telling myself at that point, I made a decision that I remember telling myself, put your big boy pants and go on and go figure it out. You are lucky. So at that moment was my why I decided that I was lucky instead of unlucky as a victim instead of a, a victor instead of a victim, right? I could have made excuses for the rest of my life from that point on. I was 13 by myself. What the hell am I supposed to do? Okay. But it was that moment that I remember back as my why defines who I am today and what I do every day is I never want anyone to feel helpless, helpless like the way I felt that night. I don't know what to do for myself. I don't know how to take care of my family. I'm just lost. So I don't ever want anyone to feel that way. So when I get the opportunity, I do whatever I can to help people find a way to better themselves so they can take care of themselves and their family. Wow. I'm I, honestly, I'm tearing up a little bit because that that's a powerful story. How has that impacted like you, you know, your wife and you, your family? Like what, how, what has that done to you personally? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, I call it a point of reference, right? We all have a point of references. I mean, there's three ways we learn in life as humans. The first is considered the easiest is by imitation, right? If you figure somebody have a great model, like, you know, my Aldes, why, you know, just copy it, you know, just use yep. them and, and, and imitate. Yep. Uh, the second way is considered the hardest is by experience. That's me. Mm. I got to experience a lot of the stuff, right? But the third is considered the most noble is by reflection. So I'd like to share my experience so other people can reflect on it and, 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 and learn from it because you don't have to go through what I go through to learn also, right? So mm. what I got to uh, learn from all this stuff, and I don't take anything for granted with my family, my kids. Uh, all my kids now are older. My youngest is 17. She's a senior in high school now. We got two boys who are 23 and 20. So 
I left when I was 13, which is in eighth grade. So, you know, I get to go to their school when they were in eighth grade and share my stories with a bunch of eighth graders just to let them know how lucky and fortunate they are. And at the end of the day, it's all about hard work, you know, and conviction. So that's, that's how it shaped me to who I am uh, and the way I am with my family, my kids, and everyone around me. That's amazing. It's an amazing story. Okay, let's dive into the business stuff. You, you, you started with eight agents. You've gotten to 550, which is a phenomenal run in only six years. Um, it's actually impressive. Um, most brokerages lose money. Most brokerages never you know, get beyond five, 10 agents. What, what do you believe the, the, the successful strategies that you've employed in order to achieve this kind of growth? Yeah. So first of all, the word brokerage has the word broke in it, right? (laughs) So if you don't know what you would, you will be broke, but I don't care if you are brokerage or team or solo agent. The principle of running a business is still the same. First of all, the barrier of entry for real estate agent to our profession is way too low. Okay. Yep. It's so low that everyone seems to know an agent, a friend, a cousin, a neighbor, or sister, or somebody. Okay. But what people don't realize once you get into real estate, the successful real estate professionals understand that you are building, growing, and running a business. Okay? It's not just throwing a lockbox on the door, write up a couple of documents, and make a ton of money, right? That's what people don't realize. That's why the, the median real estate agent around the country, 1.3 million with 5.5 home close per year, only do about four transactions a year. I don't even know how you make a living doing that, right? So, you know, the 80-20 rule, it's actually like more like 90-10 rule in real estate. The top 10% of the real estate professionals do 90% of the business and the bottom 90 are like scraping for the 10%. So circling back to understanding that you are running and growing a business is that systems run business and people run system. Okay. Understanding that will be huge because... As a business owner, you got to put in process systems that will help you be the most efficient and the most profitable, right? And then you plug in the people that will follow the process system so you can easily scale and grow. Now, it doesn't matter which order you go in. Like for me, I will be lying to, to say that I have all the process systems in place for plugging the people. I was fortunate enough to find the people my business partner now, Mike Bernier and Jessica, they came to me and we became partner in 2014. So I had the people and then they helped me and a lot of credit to them helped build the system and the process that we have today. So it doesn't matter which way you start, but you need them both. Okay. So that's probably the most important. So by leveraging systems and people, us will up to, I believe with you, 11 uh, virtual assistants from uh, my out desk. Okay. So that's leveraging people also in a system and a process that we have developed. So that's probably the two biggest thing. Uh, and then you throw in the time management on top of that. That's probably the three biggest ingredients, I think, uh, to grow and uh, to, to run a business. I'm really excited because Long is going to dive deep into the systems people and the process that really has generated massive growth and, and revenue for his business. Long, you mentioned 
it doesn't matter if you have the system first or the people first, you just happen to have the people and they built the system. Um, but I'm kind of, I want to know exactly what systems you guys developed and in what order as you scaled and grow and grew, because that's the thing that people really need is, are the details around the systems and at when should you, when should you put them in place? If, if people, first of all, if people sit down and do a SWOT analysis on your business, right? You know what the SWOT analysis is. It's a strength, um, weakness, which is about you, and the opportunity and threat, which is about outside of you that you can't control, okay? Yep. So once you do that, the, the easiest process to do really at the end of the day is just to have two columns. And you sit down and you write on each column the income producing activity column and the production supporting activity column. You're gonna find out that you spend 80% on your production supporting activity, only 20% on your income producing activity. If you can find a way to flip that, you just quadruple your business without working any harder. Matter of fact, probably working less. And how you do that is figuring out the process and the system of your business, whether you're a solo agent, a team leader, or a broker, okay? So first of all, the best exercise to do is just start from the very step one of your business and do what I call a, the, and then what exercise? If this happened, and then what? So let's take an example. If you are a listing uh, agent and you're doing the listing, so, okay, you're trying to generate leads to get an appointment for the listing. Okay, now you got an appointment, then what? This, these are the steps, okay? Right down, boom, 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 boom. And then you get to the appointment, well, and then what? Okay, I meet them, I go through this, I do this, I do that. And then they say, no, and then what? What do I do to follow up to get the deal? Or they say, yes, what is the next step? Boom, 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 boom. And then you list the, the, the property and you and then you do what? You market it, you generate lead, and then what? You follow up with them and then you get an offer and then what? You just sit down and you literally write down the and then what exercise. Start with the very first step in your business, whatever that might be, and you have different segments of your business, you just start with. Once you have that in place, then you review it. Wait a minute, is that more efficient? If I'm already out there, shouldn't I take the photos, the time I'm out there with a the meeting so I can come back with something? You know, then you start massaging it and maximizing and make it the most efficient it can be, okay? That's the very, very first step with the system. And then you start assigning roles. This is the people part, right? So system run business, people run system. So. As business owner, when we all first start out, Daniel, I bet you were the first time, just like you and me, most of those have our names on there, right? All these boxes yeah. of the task, oh, Long doing it, Daniel's doing it, Daniel doing it, Daniel doing it. Now you start doing the two columns, you start going, okay, which of these are income producing activity? That should not be me. I need to find other people to replace my name in those boxes so I can maximize my time, what is the best is that's probably working on your business that are in your business, right? Or doing the income producing activity, maybe only meeting the client for listing, or maybe show the, your buyer the first home and after that leverage show an agent because they're very time consuming. Whatever that might be, you start removing and plugging in people to run your process system that you develop. Or like I said, vice versa, find the right people that will help you build the system and then keep adding people to it. I love what you're saying. I think there's a there's a mindset or a mentality thing that we need to talk about because <clears throat> uh, most people are a little bit control freak. 
you know, when it comes to real estate, right? Like, no, no, no. I have to be the one that talks to the client. I have to be the one that orders that. I have to be the one to review that. How did you get out of that mindset long? Like, what is it that got you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to give this job away and they may make mistakes and they, and they're going to learn, but I'm going to coach and teach them rather than do it for them. That way I can focus on this other area of the business. How, what, what was that like for you? God, I love that you brought it up. Like I talked about the why, what I really meant is your mindset, right? At the end of the day, you got to get that done first. Cause without that, you know, you can't do any of these things that you and I are talking about right now. First of all, according to the National Science uh, Foundation, on an average, we each have about 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 thoughts. That's an average of 2,100 thoughts an hour if you use 24 hours. But if you sleep at least eight, supposedly you're not supposed to be thinking while you're sleeping, right? That's 3,100 thoughts per hour that you are awake. And 95% of them are repeated daily thoughts which thoughts control your actions and your actions yield results, right? So right. first of all, you got to change your mind of your, your thought process and your thinking to be positive. So the biggest thing is I, I would like to share is the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. So by having a growth mindset is back to my system and process comment is that instead of saying, I want to close 20 transactions this year, but only close 18. Well, you, you didn't fail because that's a fixed mindset because you focus on results. Where you should be, the growth mindset, how can I look at my system and process what I'm doing right now to improve it so I can close 20 or more next year? So by having a growth mindset that's huge, with that come along is that you have to be okay. I'm not saying settle, okay? You have to be okay having people can do only 75 to 80% of what you can do. First of all, most successful people, you and me, business owner, we are perfectionists. We think we're the only one that can cross the T, dot the I the best. No one can do it, okay? Yep. So yep. we have a, that, that, that monster, that demon in us that control us a little bit. I will be vulnerable and share with you. I, I have OCD. I, 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 at home, all my canned food is faced the right way. My clothes is color-coordinated, right? My dishes... Oh, damn. Everybody who knows me well know my stories about loading my dishwasher. My, my, my wife will shake her head and walk away, but I know I can be 120% more efficient because I can stack many more dishes and it will clean better. Okay. So, but with that being said, I got to be okay with my wife and my, my kids load the dishes too, because they might do, do as well, because guess what? Then I don't do it. So the biggest thing I had was my first assistant that I had that worked for me in the real estate. I need her to, to grow. Right, we were growing really fast. I need to scale. And I remember her comment was, God, it takes me 45 minutes to show someone how to do a three minute task. It'd just be better for me to do it. I had to keep telling her, after you spend 45 minutes, we'll never do the three minute task again. And yep. now add it up every day, pretty soon you can do more, right? Number one. Number two is you have to be okay because if they can be just like you and perfect and do the thing you can, they would be you. Okay. They wouldn't be working for you. So you also don't have to settle, but you have to be okay with someone can do 75, 80%, which also leads to my next thing about that is we'll touch more on time as well, is most people also overwhelm and take on too much. They will do 120% of their capacity. You should be doing 80% of your capacity. That's 100%. Because that gives you 20% time for reflection, improving, and do things that you wouldn't fall through the crack. So... That's, uh, that's my uh, uh, thought on training 
out of people and shown them is that, you know, you can't be perfect. I mean, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow, right? That's probably number one, first of all. You got to do that. And then have a growth mindset that could, that could be shitty when you first roll this out, but keep improving, 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 improving. By six months from now, you have a, a, a great system with great people running it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about, because I think you you haven't mentioned it, and yet I know it's something that you guys do that's that's special. I mean, it's why you're number one in Minnesota. You guys have a different model. A lot of people create brokerages, and they don't really think about the financial model. They don't really think about <laughs> margins and like how they're going to recruit agents and all of that. So I just want to dive deep on that, because I think it's something that you do that's special compared to, to most brokerages out there. So let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, in 2014, when Mike Bonilla and I got together and said, hey, let's grow the brokerage, right? Because before that, I was pretty much what I call a team bridge. That's actually right. the new model nowadays, right? The team bridge, the crossing the team and the brokerage. I had my own brokerage, but really run like a team. So we said, so what should we do? How could we be different than other traditional brokerages in our market? So back then and still now, we want to be the broker we wish we had when we were agents. Okay, so yeah. that's it. That's ever since then. So I remember working at both different models before I became my own broker. I work at a split model and I mm-hmm. so just a traditional model, we call it, right? And I remember questioning, wait a minute, I don't use that. I don't need that. Why am I paying for all this stuff? Yeah. And then I work at a, a kind of a flat fee, 100% commission model. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, 100% of zero to zero because you give me nothing here except park my license. So you know, how can we be that hybrid, which is what we have now? So what yep. we do at the end of the day is how can we provide so much value to help people grow both personally and professionally? Because remember, you got to grow personally first before you can grow professionally. That's the biggest thing that we have here. And then provide them everything they need to run a real estate business. So we came up with what we call a plug and play partnership model. We treat every agent, which is why we're talking about right now, as a CEO of their own company. They are running and growing a business. And by partnering up with us, we're going to give them all the resources that help for them to help grow their business. Matter of fact, our bragging right is we're tracking a 104% increase in the business the first year they come to us. First year mm. with us, we double the business. Of course, you got like your 900% increase, right? Your 30% increase, but average overall. And I think this model is, we're probably a year or two ahead, but this model will be the new wave because the traditional model are struggling. They are losing people like crazy because the value proposition is no longer current or relevant. Yep. So what does plug and play mean? Like break that down. Cause I, I, I I'm just yep. kind of curious and I, I like the details to share with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So when you come to us, you plug into our system, we provide anything from training and coaching. That's what Mike and I do a lot. Um, support, like I said, we're up to 26 support staff. 11 of them are from my out desk, right? Because yep. we have what we call an inverted model. Instead of they work for us, we work for them. Because we know without our agents, we don't have a company, right? So we're averaging about every 30 to 35 agents per support staff. So we're big, big on support. Technology, okay? I believe in the people business. Technology will never replace us, but it is changing the way we do business. So we provide the best, most advanced AI, high-tech technology out there in the real estate space. By the way, technology is one of those, I'm a big firm believer that we should rent and not build. The reason being that is as soon as you build something, a year or two later, something's better coming along. So we yep. would rather just plug and play and replace them with something that's better, that works best for agents. 
And then we're also, you know, really, really, really big on marketing, right? I don't care how good a service uh, or product you have, you don't market it, you know, it's not really good. But what's unique about our marketing is we brand our agents instead of our company. Because we believe in the people business, people work with Daniel because they like and trust Daniel, not because the company you with. Matter of fact, right. NAR have released repeated studies that only 2% of the end consumer when surveyed care what company you work for, okay? It's, they care more about the agent. Can you buy or sell me my house, right? I don't really give a crap. I might recognize the company, but it's not. Why? So that's huge in our marketing as well. Uh, and then there's many, many other things on there. But the biggest thing that I'm most proud of in the people business we are in is our culture, okay? We're really big firm believer in the culture code, we call it. There's three reasons why people are with a group, an organization, or a company. Number one is they want to feel safe. So when they come to a to realty group or any of the brokerage or team they're with, or with Daniel, uh, my outdesk, I want to feel like you're not going to take advantage of them. You're not there to, you know, to do anything bad for them. You, they're going to feel safe with you. Number two is they need to feel connected with you. What is your vision, mission? Do they connect with that? Maybe even you personally, right? A lot of uh, our agents and my people know about my story and Mike's story. That's why they connect with us. We have that strong bond. And then the third one is a shared future. Are we going to lead them to where they want to go? Are we going to the same place? Okay, are we going to lead them to the promised land? When are they going to come here? Are they going to roll their business so they can take it themselves and their family and do more deals and keep more of their money? So that's probably uh, our, our secret sauce, if you want to call it. I love it, man. Such a well-ran brokerage. I love everything you've said. I'm curious, how has the COVID-19 affected your business? And I know we we didn't really talk about this and it's just kind of an impromptu question, but I'm curious how it's affected your agents, how it's affected your brokerage. What have you changed recently? And what, what kind of advice would you give to other agents and brokers in, in different markets? Yeah. So again, uh, I started Realty Group in 2009, so you remember that time, right? Yeah. So Realty Group was born out of a, a down market. Because of that, we're not only set up, but we're, we are you know, built for down market. So of course, with the up market, it's even better. So because of when COVID hit then, it's a leading lagging indicator. That's something we're really good at looking all the time, right? Because of this happening, the, the if this and then what, right? So with this happening, you know this is gonna happen. So we already saw that happening we, because we've leveraged so much technology. All of our meeting training have been Zoom for like two, three years. We were one of the 2 million Zoom users until it became 24 million when COVID hit, right? So all we did right. was convert to Zoom. Our agents were well-prepared, ready. But the biggest thing that we kept working with them is their mindset through the whole COVID thing. So this is where leadership comes into play. Uh, I'm sorry, but... All leaders can be good leaders through good time, right? It's easy to lead anybody through easy, good time. It's a tough mm. time that good leaders step up. So we spend a lot of time commuting with our agents and reminding them that only control you can control, okay? Now, we not only survived through COVID, we grew 33%. Matter of fact, when you look at company our size in the market, the closest one in second place to us is like 1% or 2% growth. We're 33%. The rest of them had negative growth. Okay, when it comes to productions and headcount and all that stuff, because again, we're in the people business. So we'll remind our agent, it's not about buying and selling real estate right now. It's about your SOI and reaching out to them and show that you care. So call your database that how are you doing? Are you doing okay? 
you know, I mean, kids at home, probably uh, how you handling all that. So what happened was during that time, there was a 500% increase in connectivity rate because people at home, they got nothing freaking else to do. And they want yeah. adult conversation, right? All you do is hang out with the kids. So they appreciate that you reach out to them, see how they're doing. And all just from these calls to check in with no uh, 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 purpose of selling, all of a sudden we're getting transaction. Oh, hey, by the way, my cousin was thinking about selling, but she's not sure what she should be doing. I'm going to have a call you, okay? And these are just things that people forget to do all the time. So anything, uh, uh, you know, is that's probably my advice for everybody is, you know, to because of COVID, um, just don't forget that it's still a people business, which is all about relationship. So I don't care how great technology you have. You don't pick up that freaking call to talk to people or to do Zoom meeting, whatever you do, you're not going to be able to build meaningful relationship and your business will be transactional, which will then be one of these. Right. They'll be on the, the revenue roller coaster, as we call it, where they're going up and down, up and down. Long, um, That's right. you have a phenomenal recruiting process. And I think it would be bad if I didn't ask you to share it. Like it would be not good for our audience. You've got to share your secret sauce around how you've recruited agents. What does your process and system look like and how much are you involved versus leveraged out? Yeah. So first of all, if, if you people who know me or maybe go to my landing page, will see, right. There's a few pictures of myself and my wife. Number one, Number two is my business, Mike Bernier, freaking genius. I'm a lot of credit to him where we are today. That's my two best recruiting, uh, you know, uh, uh, stories. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'll kick my average with, um, uh, um, you know, my people would say, right. I overachieve in those, in those fields when I get to come to recruit my life partner and my business partner. So mm. we actually have a 10 step recruiting process. What people don't realize is in the people business, human capital acquisition is one thing you need to be really focusing on and spend time on doing. I don't care if you're out there trying to make friends, right? Uh, meet your future spouse, maybe build a business, build a team under you. You got to understand how to recruit. And we have a 10-step process. That's pretty deep dive all the time. Step number one is knowing who you are right? That's my why. This is who I am. So you need to be known that first. Number two is then you got to know who you want. Now that you know who you are, you have to align yourself with the people you want to be with you. And then number three is where do you go find them? Okay. Then you go, we call them your target audience is where you go to get them. Right. Number four is great. Now that you have your target audience, what is your message? What is your value proposition that would attract that target audience? Right. And then now you have to craft that. And then number five is how do you deploy that to get to them? Through social media, mailer, postcard. And then number six, how do you get the opportunity to get in front of them via Zoom, phone call, meeting, so that you can make sure you're good alignment, right? Having some conversation, build relationship. And then number seven is what's your follow-up process after that? After you meet them, did they join you? Did they didn't join you? Is there a drip campaign to follow up with them? Maybe it's just the timing, right? And then number eight is if they say yes, what's your onboard process, okay? So this is what you have to do. The and then what exercise? They say yes, and then what? This process, yep. that process. We have a post, a pre on board, a bond board, and a post on board. And then number nine is social proof. Okay, once you get somebody to join you, you you do a video to say, hey, you've been here three months, six months. I mean, 
this is great. I'm excited. And then number 10 is then we go and remarket that social proof. We take that one person who might be an influential agent in the market. We go back to either the model, KW, Remax, you know, Colwell, or the office they came from and market to those people that look Susie's here and look how great she loves it. Find out more yeah. about it. So that's it, man. That's a 10 step process that, that we go through that, uh, that, you know, have brought us 750 agents or so in about six years. Cause what you didn't know was we have either part way or asked about 200 uh, agents or so to leave us because of not a good alignment. Wow. How do you, how do you choose when you're asking somebody to leave us or not good alignment? Like what, what, I guess that comes down to one of your steps, which is know who you are, but talk to us about when, when you've had somebody leave. Yeah. So most people always say you have your 80, 20 rule, right? The top 20%, your bottom 80%. For us, it's more like a 20, 60, 20. So you get the top 20%, your producer, and then your bread and butter 60%. They're like your core agent, your profile agent. And then your bottom 20, people you want to give a chance or have potential to grow, right? But sometimes yep. they don't. It's only lead the horse to water. You can make a drink. So usually it's a bottom 20. Either they're not actively anymore or usually they don't do enough transaction. They're not doing it right. So for us, it's usually one of three reasons. Number one, most of the time in the people business for us is, is about personal branding. So it, it's, a, it's a brand brand protection is uh, ethics. If you're yep. unethical, we're not the right place for you. And I do right. joke with my agents that if you're not getting enough complaints, you're not working hard enough because people always complain about something, right? You and I deal <laughs> yeah. with complaints every day, you know, but you know when it's unethical, something you're not doing right. The second mm-hmm. reason is compliance. Now, we don't have a one-strike rule. We used to have a two, three-strike rule. We call them learning opportunity. If we audit every single file and we use, you know, your staff, my outdesk to help with that, uh, and then if they're not doing something right, we'll bring to them a learning opportunity. Hey, you're doing it wrong. We want to help you fix it. You don't get in trouble. We don't get in trouble. But when it's the second or third time on the same thing, you're just being, you know, uh, messy. You're just not in a good business. We're just not a good place for you. The third is very rare is that personal branding. Now, nowadays with social media, I would tell you right now, your tongue can build you an empire or can dig your grave, okay? Yeah. And on social media now, everybody can freaking get on and say what they want. Now, I'm not against the First Amendment. I don't, I don't care. You believe in something, you should share it. But be aware that whatever your strong opinion about something, there's going to be an opposing side. How's that going to affect your business? So we've asked people to leave when we see several Facebook posts about things that just not good. And we recommend they, you know, review that and take a look at that. And if they don't want to, we we can respect that. We just part ways. So those are the three reasons. That's amazing. You have reasons to onboard people, reason to offboard people clearly living in your values. I love everything about that long. What, um, we're going to wrap up real quick and, but I always like to leave with the last question. What's your best advice for the next year or two as we go forward in this real estate world? Yeah. A couple things. Number one is whether you think you can or you think you can't, right? You're right. Henry Ford says that. So the biggest thing is the mindset. I love the two wolf story. They have, they don't know it. Just Google it. It's a great story that you made up her, right? Uh, it, it's about uh, an old Cherokee chief was telling his grandkids about the, you know, the story about life. It said that all of us, I'm paraphrasing now, they can read the story. All of us have two wolves inside us, the good one and the bad one, right? The bad one is all about anger, ego, uh, 
uh, resentment, you know, hatred. And then the good one, you know, is all about joy, peace, hope, love. Uh, so then the, the grandson asked him, well, you know, which one wins? Because there's two of them in there. Okay, we always, you know, have that devil one on our shoulder sometimes, you know, see about that, right? And the, the grandfather said, the one you feed. Okay, so that's a great story I want people to really read to get your mindset right, number one. Number two is, there's a couple books that you should read because, um, you know, the best investment in yourself, the best investment is in yourself, right? Warren Buffett said that. The more you learn, the more you earn. So one thing that I would highly recommend the two books is EQ 2.0. That's emotional intelligence. 90% of all highly performing people have high EQ. We're in a people yep. business. So, you know, uh, real estate IQ alone is not enough. You have to have EQ on it. The second one is communication is huge in a people business. So the seven levels of communication. Those are the two books I would recommend. I have third book you wrote. What's that one? <laughs> I think people should read that one. <laughs> Well, if you're listening right now, it's scaling your business with mod virtual professionals. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting is we have an entire section talking about that journey that you're, you're in where first you kind of learn and then second, you're building systems and process. And then you get to focus on your vision and the, and leadership and the people in your business. So we have that all broken down um, in the book, especially for real estate people, which is interesting because nothing changes in business. It's been the same way to build a business for the last thousand years. And we always think, oh, the next new technology, but it's all about your system and your, and your people. And that, those really are what matter. Well, Long, thanks so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Where would somebody find you, Long, if they wanted to say hi or reach out or um, get more information. Yeah, as well, you know, social media. I am just Google me. I think my cell phone's everywhere. Back in the old day, you know, you got to go to the bathroom to find somebody's cell phone. Now you can just Google ah. it. <laughs> uh, but okay. uh, you know, that's the cool thing. I'm always here to help.